Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat. I'm your host, Sam Anthony. Alongside me, as we do every week, Spencer Wellington. Spencer, uh, recently free from the throes of the coronavirus. How are you feeling? Uh, much better than I was last week, that's for sure. I'm off my deathbed. Um, so, you know, last week wasn't my last podcast, so it doesn't go down in history. But, um, yeah, I mean... I am a lot better. The Celtics are now in the NBA Finals. So, I mean, life is great right now. Who gives a shit that the Red Sox lost to the Orioles? I mean, fuck that. But, um, yeah, I mean, who cares? Doesn't matter. Let's let's be honest. We are a Red Sox podcast, and we are going to be discussing the Boston Red Sox. But it's Finals week. It's Finals week, and there's nothing that can bring me down and make me feel sad. Go see Mm-hmm. Go Seas. That's it. That's where we're all, you know, everybody. Tatum, Brown, Pritchard, Williams, Williams, uh, wait, 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 Mark Smart. Your third guy was Peyton Pritchard? <laughs> that was your I'm just naming guy. guys. I'm just naming dudes. There's no rank. We're just going down the line. Question the list. Listen, why are you, why are you, it's not a list. You didn't ask me for, I'm just listing guys. Off That's the top of my head. Just, what did you just say? I'm listing guys. Yeah. Literally just naming them. There's no there's no specific order of the list. You ever make a grocery list? You don't you don't rank the superior foods on the grocery list. And you listed Peyton Pritchard. No, I'm just no Spencer. 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 No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I have a question. When you when you go grocery shopping, you make a grocery list. Do you do you rank your groceries? Is that how you list? Number one every time. I first off, that's questionable. Blueberries are number one. That's what I'm saying. It goes first uh, on the list every time. That means it's number one. That doesn't. I I disagree. But this that's fine. We're, we're moving yeah. on. I don't want to. You're wrong. Uh, you, you just ruined. You ruined my Celtic excitement. You ruined it. The Celtics lose. It's your fault. You listed Peyton Pritchard third. I don't know what to tell you. Listen. Why do you Why do you gotta hate on Peyton? Why do you gotta hate on anyone on that team? They're in the finals. I did not hate. I questioned your list. You did. You you. I mean, but questioning suggests a little bit of hate. That's all I'm saying questions listen i i have questions about how you make lists i rank i make lists in order of importance that's how everyone makes lists i don't think so that's that's how lists work you ever rank anything like well there's a difference between ranking and listing yeah there is but like okay so if i if i make a list of groceries Right, and I need to get like an extra thing, like toilet paper. Toilet paper is not going to be in the top five things that I list. Actually, to- toilet paper is pretty important. Um, let's say like dishwashing detergent. That's not going to be in the top five things that I list. I'm going to list five way more important things. But see, like I'm just listing based on like what comes to my mind. Like it's just well, that's like the difference oh, between like... you and me, Sam. I mean, the the results the same. <laughs> We both get everything that we different. need. I don't think very so. Different very different. Do we? Results. Do we end up? Do we end up with? I. This is fine. Listen. We certainly uh, <sighs> All right, Spencer. This is what the people came here for. This is. Yes, this is exactly what the people came here for. Uh, they actually came here for the Red Sox. So, let's 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 go. Let's go into this because obviously. Uh, we are not going grocery shopping together in the near future. So, actually, we are. Red Sox. 
We, I mean, we do. And I, big, big, I actually just was at Aldi before I recorded this podcast. Had to pick up stuff. I did have a list. No order of importance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not getting sidetracked. We're, we're doing this. We're doing the Red Sox podcast. Red okay. Sox dropped the series to the Baltimore Orioles. We're recording this about 7.30 on Tuesday, May 31st. So Red Sox are playing the Reds right now as we record this. But Red Sox dropped three of five to the Baltimore Orioles, a series that felt like a pretty winnable series, especially with the way that the Boston Red Sox had been playing. Um, obviously, the week started off, I mean, you know, they opened that game on Friday, get up to an 8-2 to two lead. The Orioles end up scoring 10 unanswered. They drop 12-8. to eight. Then you win the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday, drop the second game, zero runs, shut out. Or I'm sorry, not shut out, 4-2, my mistake. Uh, I got two ahead of myself. Uh, Rich Hill on Monday, blown up. Offense does nothing. Shut out for the third time this season. Uh, tough look for the Boston Red Sox, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, not what you want. I mean, we should state for the listeners that us losing the series was actually our fault. Um, it's true. As in you and I. Uh, there is a rule when we make daily fantasy lineups that we shall not stack the Red Sox because that is bad luck for the Red Sox. If either one of us stacks the Red Sox, you know, and stacking for those not familiar with daily fantasy uh, is putting multiple players from the same lineup in your lineup, hoping that they will score lots of runs and therefore get you lots of points. Um, basically, when you see a team facing a bad pitcher or if an offense is hot like the Red Sox have been, you might want to play multiple players from that lineup. But we should not do that for the Red Sox because that gives them bad luck and it gives us zero dollars between us and it gives the Red Sox zero runs. So it's just unhappiness all around. Nobody wins. Um, so Nobody not, wins. So not only did one of us stack the Red Sox last night, both of us stacked the Red Sox last night and you even included Rich Hill in that stack. So we had no shot going into that game last night, and the Red Sox essentially played like it. I'm sure someone told them that you know that we stacked them and that they had no chance, so they, they played like it. I, I would like to say that's also like the golden rule for like sports betting in general is don't be a homer, don't bet on your own team, because, exactly. again, you're, you're going to be disappointed in two ways. Um, yeah. Listen, I once – I worked with a guy – you know, you're, yeah. you're setting yourself up for some success. Never forget, I worked with a guy who, in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, diehard Bruins fan, bet against the Boston Bruins. And the Bruins lost. Go. Man was still upset, but he won $750. So I, I guess it at least softened the blow. It's a hedge. Yeah, it's a hedge. That's essentially yeah. what it is. If you're going to bet on a game involving your team, you got to hedge. So... All right, I do have this one question, and then I'll get back to the Red Sox broadcast. I want to know, Spencer, mm-hmm. and let's just say, like, because the Boston Celtics are in the NBA Finals right now, how much money would it take to soften the blow of a Game 7 loss? In the Finals? Yeah. Um, how much money? I'd say at least, like, at least $200. But I'm thinking there you probably... Go. Closer to like five hundred dollars would do it. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying a thousand dollars. That would be like if I like I was like okay, I, like the problem with that is like there's the line between like 
softening the blow and I would almost be rooting for the other team because there'd be so much money right. on the line. Yeah, I mean, if it was the Red Sox or the Patriots, then it would need to be like five hundred, like five thousand dollars probably. The Celtics, okay. I, like I, I like the Celtics. You know, I love them right now, obviously, but uh, you know, it's not the end of the world if they lose in the playoffs, yeah, or even in the finals. It's just that is a good point. Play. It depends on like level of emotional attachment. It's like how much yeah. money do you put on like your yeah, because like that's so that's why I feel the, like Patriots lose in the Super Bowl or the. World Series, I'm miserable for weeks. So yeah, absolutely. Like you, like there, those are the teams where if they lose, like I, I can't even put on Sports Center because I'll just no. be like upset. No, you yeah. have to avoid the sport for a good, good long time there. And it's terrible. Yeah, you have to get off Twitter. You have to just get off everything. It's just miserable. Yeah. So, but yeah. So obviously, some tough losses. We were responsible for the last one. Um, it's so tough because. Um, Obviously, the Red Sox are seven and fourteen against the American League East this year. Um, Fifty-five more games left against divisional opponents, um, but you know it's the idea of if you want to go catch the Rays and the Jays and the Yankees, winning games against the Orioles and winning games against you know the Reds coming up and the Athletics, those are things you have to do. And, and we saw that you know they went and they swept the the Mariners who have been struggling this year, as they should. They went and played a great series against the White Sox, a team that, you know, had been kind of finding themselves like the Red Sox floating in the middle a little bit. Um, but it just, it's a, it sucks because it's a momentum killer. You know, you go and you win that Friday game, you know, you go take, you know, four or five against the, even if you take, you know, even if they won yesterday and get three out of five, you're still feeling pretty good about that. Um, right. But it's just like when, cause what they've played the Orioles, how many times this year? Eight times now? It was a three-game series and a five? Yeah, that, that adds up. Yep. So they're three and five against the Orioles now this season. That's not what you want. I mean, no. you, you figure you're going to split a doubleheader. It's kind of hard to sweep a doubleheader. But yeah. you, you kind of figured one loss going in. But, dude, that first game, to lose that way, I was ignoring it completely because the Celtics were on. Um, you were a little bit more locked in. And feeling the pain a little bit more. But um, it's just, like we talked about it, it's the same bullpen. It's like the offense has been covering it up lately. And the starting pitching has been covering it up lately. But the bullpen still sucks. Like, you can't trust anybody in there. There was one guy. His name was Garrett Whitlock. He's now in the rotation. So now there's zero people in the bullpen that we can trust. Uh, We thought we could trust Matt Strom. And now we can't trust Matt Strong. I mean, you go through the list. We thought that we could trust Matt Barnes last year. We can't trust Matt Barnes. We thought Robles. We can't trust Robles. We thought Jake Diekman in the opening series against the Yankees. We can't trust Jake Diekman. I mean, there was a little run there where we like John Schreiber, and uh, he and he got lit up. So that's bullpens, you know, in general to some degree. But a lot of bullpens have two or three guys. And we have zero guys. Yeah, it's like, and they asked Dave Bush today about the bullpen, and his response was, you know, these are the pieces that we have. And from a pitching coach perspective, yeah. I mean, from a pitching coach, I absolutely get it. Because, you know, what's Dave Bush going to do? You know, Dave Bush isn't can't really do anything in the realm of, like, like that is his job, is here are your pieces, this is what you have. You have to try and make it work with what you have. The problem is, is that, 
yeah, and you know, for for example, Matt Barnes, who personally, in my honest opinion, should not be on this major league roster right now. He's got a uh, he's got an ERA over eight. Uh, yeah. He is currently walking six and a half batters per nine innings, including four straight a couple appearances ago. Um, he has a war of negative point or zero point eight, which for the record is currently on pace for negative 2.6 war on the year. So pretty good. You might pretty, you want pretty bad. War, right? That's how it works. <laughs> it's like golf lower scores yeah. better. Yeah. Gotcha. So like, that's, that's my problem, good. right? Is we're at, we're at the point in the year where he's made 21 appearances. I get, you know, coming in, trying to fix himself and, and even putting him in last night while they're getting blown out. But it, I mean, it's clear whatever is wrong or missing has not been fixed and like not in the slightest like his control his basketball velocity is down his control has gotten worse um and when he gets outs they're generally on extremely hard hit baseballs like the only he's had two saves this year and the most recent one against seattle the final out was a sizzler 410 feet to kike hernandez in dead center field like there's just there's nothing that he does even when he does something you know, good. He doesn't do it well. It's it's kind of it's more luck than anything. No, there hasn't been a single time this season where he's been in the game, and I thought, okay, maybe he's turning the corner here. Like it, that just hasn't happened. And you know, you said his velocity is down, and it is down, but it's it feels like it's not down nearly far enough for it to be like the main problem here. No, I feel like it has to be his his location. You know, um, he was pinpoint generally last season when he was great and since you know he fell apart in august or whatever um you know he's just been all over the place and when he's in the strike zone it's in the middle and stuff like that so i I don't know he clearly can't fix it at the major league level so it's either he goes down to the minors and figures it out um or he gets dfa and you just take the l on that so you know he's a major leaguer, he can decide whether he wants to go down at this point. Um, but, you know, it's going to take a while. <laughs> He's not going to be back for a while once he finally goes. So, yeah, yikes. What a fall from grace. Obviously, like, obviously it's a tough situation because, I mean, especially with a guy like, like Heim Bloom at the helm trying to find a lot of value. With a big contract like Barnes's, you know, I don't think he's very inclined to – you know, just eat that contract. You obviously want to try and fix it. Hence why he's had so many, had such a long leash this year of opportunities and chances. Um, The problem is, is that the bullpen is their biggest problem. If, like you said, you know, if you had a couple guys where it's like, okay, we don't really have to have Matt Barnes in any high leverage situations. We are going to win the games that we should win. You know, we can hopefully put Matt Barnes in some blowout games one way or the other. It's just, it's not the case. Like, they need bodies up right now because they don't have anybody they can trust. And if anything, like I get that these are the pieces that you have, but in that case, I'm inclined to start bringing some guys up from the minor leagues to try them out because I mean, come on, can it be that much worse? Yeah. I mean, no, it can't be that much worse when it's this bad. I mean, it's so depressing when we got the notification, what Saturday, I think Saturday or Sunday, when it was um, 
Robles goes on the IL, and uh, Salomora on the COVID down. Oh, and mm-hmm. like our reinforcements are Phillips Valdez and Ryan Brasher, and it's like fuck, like yeah, that's no help. You know that doesn't help. You're bringing well. up the same guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I don't know, like I understand, like there are guys that obviously you want to develop as starters. You're thinking long term. You know, I'm not saying bring up Brian Bellow and have him be relief because I don't think that's that's the most effective way to use a guy like that. You know, you want him, you'd rather have him getting reps, you know, starting. But there have to be guys down in this system that you feel like aren't going to be starters anyway. And just to get somebody up here, you know, like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking right now and it's just, I, yeah, I mean, maybe with Kowski. Um, yeah, yeah I think they're also waiting for that day that her sales back and James Paxton's back and you can throw a Michael Waka or a Rich Hill back in the bullpen. I mean, Tanner Houck is still being used kind of like Whitlock used to be, where he comes in for multiple innings and he comes in every couple of days. I wonder if they start using him in shorter stints and using him more often because he you know, has been used kind of as Rich Hill's piggyback all season. And it'd yep. be nice to kind of see that role expand a little bit because, you know, he's been effective when he's come out of bullpen generally. Yeah, and I mean, I love it. I mean, I love the idea of having these multi-inning relievers anyway. I think that that proved really effective when we did it with Garrett Whitlock. And if you can find guys that can do that, because, like, obviously what happened at the beginning of the year with the Red Sox was when, as soon as Whitlock goes into the rotation, you know, you're trying to do these short, you know, starting pitching outings, you know, you're trying to limit guys, you know, X amount of times through the order or through X amount of pitches, but then you get to the bullpen and they get blown up. Like if you have a couple guys that can go eat, you know, two or three innings and then bring in an eighth and a ninth inning guy, you can go back to that. But obviously, I mean, come on. I mean, the Red Sox have, you know, with both Evaldi and Pavetta, you know, thrown complete games. Uh, they have guys that, you know, they're just like, screw it. We're not even going to chance the bullpen. Like, yeah, not even going to fucking. Or is afraid to use it at this point, which is certainly not what you want out of your no. bullpen. And it's hard when you're a manager because, like, that's that's supposed to be a tool, you know, to use in, in a variety of ways and situations. And you don't have you don't have guys that, can, you know, like, because why I like having a manager like Alex Cora and a GM like Heim Bloom is that, they're not going to just use pitchers in the traditional way. You're not just going to have a seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy. They understand, you know, bringing guys in in high leverage situations, getting out of jams, uh, bringing a guy in when the top of the order is coming up versus when the bottom of the order is coming up, playing matchups. But when you don't have anybody that it can even just pitch regularly, you can't do any of those things. And that's what makes it hard to win these games is when you can't even hold a six-run lead to the Orioles. It's just like, I mean... I just remember, I mean, watching that game on Friday and you're just like, you see, you know, you see a home run and it's eight, five and you're like, okay, it's eight, five. It's fine. It's, you know, it's the Orioles. Then it's eight, seven. And you're like, oh my God. I mean, it was just like this slow implosion. And my only thought was, is this what being a Phillies fan is like? Like, this is terrible. Yeah, it is what being a Phillies fan is like. And it's like the whole time you're thinking, they're not going to actually blow this, are they? They're not going to actually blow... They're not going to blow this, are they? And then they do. So... And like, yeah. It's just got to like, hope that we score fucking 12 runs a game. 
And yeah, then I mean, and that's because that was the thing. It's like, yeah, you know, you look at that that stretch, right, where the Red Sox. I mean, look, we can call, obviously the Red Sox are still playing are, overall in the month of you know since about May tenth have been playing very good baseball. This was the first series they've lost in. I don't know what three or four se- since early May. This was the first series that they had lost. They had won four straight series yeah, going into Baltimore. Think about that. So it's like one of those things where I don't think you should panic, but it it's a good wake up call. It again, you know, the whole Jared Carabas podcast. Don't say it. Uh, it's the idea of is I get there. You know, they obviously appear more superstitious about it. Yeah. Uh, but Jared the idea of never. Never, never. Nobody in baseball is ever superstitious. Um, but the idea of, you know, you know, saying that thing about, you know, our team, you know, playing a certain way and, you know, returning to form, uh, we're not, we're not there yet. It's, it's, it's it, we're still in May. It's still, you know, if they go sweep the Reds, they can be a 500 baseball team, which is what you want. Uh, but you obviously have to be more than a 500 baseball team to make the playoffs. And I mean, the Red Sox are still in that limbo position of, you know, I know, you know, they're in the, they're in the way too early trade deadline discussions of, Oh, you know, if the Red Sox keep playing like this, they're going to trade Bogarts. And because they're not there yet, nobody knows what this team's going to be. Can we get that out of here at this point? Like this team is not selling. No, no way. No way. And And again, this offense is too good to get. Yeah. to not be in it at the trade deadline. I mean, we leave yeah. the American League and run scored on the season, not just in May, yeah. on the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it might not be true after last night. I don't know. It was true after Sunday. So um, yeah, we just got to figure it out on the pitching side. And the starting rotation yes. isn't fine. So it's just the bullpen, like we've been talking about. Not that there aren't issues in the rotation or the lineup that can get corrected. But overall, you know, bullpen has got to figure it out. For the record, uh, second in the American League behind the Angels, who have one more run. Yep. See, that was last night. What happens when you get shut out by the Orioles? Yep. Hey, that's what you get. But I, which, by the way, is a really good point to show, you know, everyone that, you know, shit on the way this offense played to start the year and why we play 162 games. And I, you know, someone pointed out today that we're at the point in the MLB season that would be the equivalent to week six of the NFL. We have a lot of baseball left to play. Uh, But, you know, this series was the reminder that the problem, which is the Boston Red Sox bullpen still remains. And it's going to be, you know, fuck man. It's just, who the hell do you put in? Well, what's that look? Just gave a, uh, Kevin Pilecki just got robbed by someone named Reynolds on the Reds. I don't know who he is. Wow, the anti-Brian Reynolds. On the the Reds? Yeah, I guess so. I, uh, listen, could not tell you. There was a guy named Walton uh, on the Giants. That's a guy that still exists. Uh, White Sox or something? Yeah, Matt Reynolds, you're correct. That dude just robbed it. Yep. Good work. He's hitting 246 this year, in case you were wondering. I know it was a a field day play, but. There you go. Proud of you. That was pretty good because I was like, who? What? I don't know. But listen, right. let's talk about this offense since that is the thing that's actually good and worth talking about. Thing to talk about. Um, 
J.D. Martinez entering today, Tuesday, May 31st, for the record, hitting 417 on the month. That is tied with Carl Yastrzemski for the 11th best batting average in a month, not just in May, in any month in Red Sox history. That's how good he's been. Yeah. Um, he was um, they were talking against when they were playing the White Sox. The broadcast was talking about how he was saying that he wasn't actually like locked in yet. That was JD Martinez uh, talking about his batting in, in May that he wasn't locked in yet. So I guess look out for the rest of the league because JD Martinez he's still heating up. He's just like he's a, I think JD Martinez is a hitter so interesting because of how he turned his career around and how he's just like, he's, he watches so much tape and he's just a smart guy. And like, it just, it just shows like, it's just, it was so interesting because when we got that short in 2020 season and, you know, he was kind of meh, but it, it's interesting because I feel like the big con- contract conversations, right. Have been Devers and Bogarts, but like JD has an expiring contract coming up. And I feel like, I mean, if you have a guy that ends up leading the league in average, that changes the way you kind of view that situation. Cause obviously he expressed that he wanted to stay in Boston, but you know, how old is J- JD? He's what? 35, 36 now. Yeah, I think he's 35. Yeah. He's I'm pulling it up right now. He's yeah. He's 34. He'll be turning 35 this year. So, but Man, like, and a guy that, you know, turned around his career a little bit later in the game, like, if there is a way to bring that guy back, the problem is, is, you know, if you're trying to bring back Devers and Bogarts, who are also tearing the cover off the ball and also significantly younger, it's finding the, you know, I mean, obviously it's the Red Sox. We know they can afford to do it, but in the philosophy of this current front office of staying under the luxury tax, you just wonder if that's going to be a thing that they do, and especially with an aging player. Yeah, I mean it's it's like the um, it's like the Ortiz problem. Yeah, you know? when he was approaching forty as a DH, and I guess you know his legacy was cemented for the Red Sox. For like, oh, you know, whatever you want at the end of each year, we'll give you. Um, but it was also kind of that situation where you're wondering, can he do it another year? Can he do it another year, you know, at that age? And JD is certainly not getting any faster out there and not getting any uh, more athletic out on the field, shall we say. So it's tough to determine, you know, if you're going to invest in that continually and bet on that going forward. Um, but he keeps proving it. You know, he keeps hitting these. He's never had a bad hitting season other than 2020, which doesn't count. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it's a tough decision. And you would, you know, assume that he'll be cheaper than Devers or Bogarts because he can't play in the field. And so that, you know, eliminates half your value or, or so there. So hopefully that's an easier contract to get done. And kind of when you look at it before the season, you're thinking, okay, you know, this is a guy that's going to be 35 years old that – contract is coming off the books. That's a good thing for your payroll going forward. But not when he's one of your best hitters, then that's not a good thing anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean, at this point, you just got to hope a deal gets done at the end of the year. 
Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, I mean, we talk about how good he is on the field, but off the field, there are so many guys in that, in, in that dugout currently, but also in that dugout previously, including one Mookie Betts, who credits J.D. Martinez with improving their swing and connecting with the right people. And, you know, he's such a student of the game. And even the Red Sox said, you know, when it came to kind of teaching this new era of hitting, you know, with launch angle and the way, you know, to approach at the plate, it was easier to teach these guys when you had a player like JD that was bought in because it's so much better coming from a player. And so that's like the other thing to me is like, obviously they have, you know, a ton of guys that can already hit the ball, but having JD in the dugout, I think helps a lot of guys and especially guys that are struggling to, to be able to have access to a guy that always wants to talk hitting and always wants to, you know, he's, I mean, if I was, if I was in a slump, if I was a pro hitter, if I could hit a baseball, um, I'd be going to JD Martinez and asking for his take all the time. Yeah. I mean, um, kind of has some similarities to uh, your favorite athlete, Tom Brady. Um, you know, and that he's an aging player that uh, doesn't just bring high level play on the field, but has the effect on his teammates um, that elevates their game uh, as well. So, you know, fun little, Comparison to your favorite athlete, Tom Brady. Didn't like it. Don't like it. But it's acceptable. It's it's correct. I don't have to like it. It's fine. That's all right. <laughs> um, that's that's what we're gonna we're gonna leave my thoughts on Tom Brady for after the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but all right. One final thing before we bid adieu to our lovely podcasters, and we let everyone go on with their day. Um, oh, actually two things. First, uh, the Apple TV broadcast, brutal. Uh, and no yeah. offense. And I, I like, I like Melanie Newman and Cliff Floyd and Hannah Kaiser, but together and the rushed way that Apple, Apple did it to get these people together and not really give them a run through. Um, we're, you know, almost in June now. We are going to be in June when this podcast goes up. Um, there's no chemistry. They, there's no flow. The conversations aren't intelligent. Like, I don't want to be rude, but, like, they were questioning whether leading the league in doubles was good. Hey, I mean, they did have a, an important conversation about how handsome Adley Rutschman is. So, um, yes, was, he's a handsome guy, was, absolutely. A good baseball conversation, you know, just getting into yeah. the details of, of what makes Adley Rutschman such a good player. It's, it's how handsome he is. It's like Moneyball. Come on. You know, if you have an ugly girlfriend, you have no confidence. So, very important. Yeah. No. Uh, listen, the we've talked about this, and we'll say it again. The probabilities are just, they're, they're incorrect, and they're wrong. And I love that idea. I, I think it's funny that there's all the, you know, the boomers that hate it, and they're like, ah. It's a little tiny bug in the bottom of the screen. I don't think it takes away from anything. I think the, the graphics no, it's not are a clean look. But they're just wrong. <laughs> yeah, the distracting part is they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, the distracting it, part is when they have a reach based probability that when the count goes from 1-1 one, one to 2-1, goes down uh, in not favor of the batter. So that's not how baseball works. When you have the count in your favor, your chances of reaching base do in fact go up. That's how baseball works. So they might want to figure that part out. 
it's just like it's so interesting to me because you know first and foremost when you know when doing television as someone who works in television so i feel like i can say this first and foremost the most important thing is being correct like you could have an incredibly entertaining broadcast but if you're just spewing bullshit you're it's not a good like you're not doing anything for anybody i I mean i respect your um journalistic integrity sam but if you've ever watched first take it's clearly not the most important thing to be correct um if you've ever watched honestly any sports talk show it's clearly not the most important thing it should be i agree with you but it's not um in this case it's not even like an entertainment value thing that's just stupid and incorrect it's just stupid and incorrect so yeah yeah and chris it's just is like taking a nap while he does these broadcasts yeah and like that's the thing is like i don't know the thing i was always taught in television is like you need to like when you're at a 10 you're really at a five so you need to be at a 15 like you need to just like ooze enthusiasm like someone who i think oozes enthusiasm and who's entertaining is katie nolan who does the late broadcast but the problem with katie nolan is that she hasn't done a lot of live tv like in a booth so she doesn't really know when to interject uh i could talk about these apple broadcasters all day i just like like in this stuff and i feel like in just life like details matter and i get that the you know, the walkout hit and then it ended and all of a sudden you work this deal out and you're scrambling to put together a broadcast and produce it. But it just feels like there wasn't enough thought into who they were going to have, you know, what they were going to do, how they were going to do it. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, I love the idea. I think, you know, moving things to streaming is the new way forward, especially since it was the only way I could watch the Red Sox and the Orioles because they're blacked out yeah, in Charlotte. Um, and, you know, because it's understood, you know, I get the older generation that, you know, is mad because they don't know how to get Apple TV on their TV. But like for a younger generation that isn't going to have cable because most people in our age at, you know, age, you know, 18 to 25 don't have cable they have apple tv they have disney plus they have netflix so like bringing stuff to these streaming platforms makes so much sense because if you want to attract a younger audience and you know you're making it and like it's free like you don't have to have apple tv to watch it like you can just right. you just have to download it so i'm all for not that every, i'm interested yeah not every baseball fan going to get MLB TV, you know, and so for the ones that don't, this is a great way to get them. Absolutely. Um, this is also a good way for those who do have MLB TV and live in blacked out areas like us to get access. So um, I'll tell you, yeah. and this is this is the last thing I'll say on it. Uh, the fact that I couldn't watch four of the five Red Sox Orioles games, and I can't watch either of the Red Sox Reds games, despite living about eight hours away from both ballparks is the biggest fucking sham I've ever heard. I don't understand. I I think it makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. You shouldn't watch games eight hours away. You shouldn't have that. Yeah. That's a good rule. Absolutely. Who needs it? 
they're basically my local team. So, yeah, big Reds guy. <laughs> yeah, huge Reds guy. When I'm when I'm not rooting for the Red Sox, I'm rooting for the Reds. Huge Reds guy. But all right, Apple TV. Listen, we'll see where they go. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see if they you know make changes, get better, etc. Um, but listen, we'll end uh, one our podcast on a on a positive note. Uh, in hope of bringing more positive vibes to the Boston Red Sox. So that starts off with with Raphael Devers, who, um, while not hitting for the same average as, as JD, has equally as many hits, both of them with 43 hits in the month of May. Um, that is the most hits by a Boston Red Sox player in a single month since Raphael Devers had 40 hits back in 2019. Uh, dude's great. Leads the league in runs, hits, doubles, and total bases. League meaning American League, not MLB. Um, but he's tearing it up. And in terms of, I mean, even MVP odds, they give him the sixth best odds right now at plus 2,500, which is where I feel like he should be in that conversation. It goes Otani, Judge, Trout, Jose Ramirez, Vlad Jr., Devers. Yeah, he's pretty great. He's, um, he's getting a lot of scoops of ice cream. And, uh, yeah, he's at the plate right now, actually, so I'm hoping that as we're talking about him, he'll hit a dinger. Um, I mean, he should. He should. And <laughs> we should sign him. The Red Sox should sign him. It's a very long-term deal. Basically, like, a forever contract. That's what I would give him. So, yeah. That's my I mean, Devers. listen, <laughs> the longer the Red Sox wait on Devers and on Bogarts, the higher the price goes up. Devers, what, what happened? are you doing, kid? I uh, just swung at a low changeup from Castillo. Castillo's dealing tonight. Not yeah. great. Listen, he still needs to walk a little bit more, but the dude rakes, so it's fine. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. But listen, all right. I don't. I'm not saying that uh, Rafael Devers should win MVP by any means, uh, because I don't think that he should. I am. Yeah? Yeah. Going to get on that hill? Yep. All right. Love that, I love it. When are, when are we getting shirts? Um, I mean, I already have a Devers shirt, but I'll get a Devers MVP shirt. I'll get it going. There we go. So would you would you place that bet, the Devers plus 2,500? Plus 2,500? Oh, that's money in the bank. There you go. 100 bucks. That's that's free $2500 right there. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. All right. Listen, we'll uh I'll talk to you in October, I guess, and we'll we'll revisit that. I already have some questionable bets um <laughs> that are going to not pay off in October, most of them being on the Red Sox right now, so um I don't know if we need to add to that. <laughs> Listen, uh in the state of North Carolina where I reside, um the sports betting bill is currently on the table during this current legislative session. So uh, fingers crossed that sports betting will soon be legal in the state of North Carolina. So I can get back to my degenerate ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're just waiting. I've never paid attention to what goes on in a legislative session before, but I actually have it bookmarked on my computer so I can check. Yeah. There's no other good reason to pay attention. No, that's it. But we're going to be like, I wish you could like watch a, I, I don't know where I can go like watch this vote, but like they're going to be like, what's Sam doing? And I'm going to be like sitting in front of the TV and I'll be like fist pumping every yay. I'm going to be like, let's go. 
Ah, yeah, I'm ready. Listen, when I was back in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, Penguins were playing in Game 7, so I was like, I'll put 10 bucks on the Penguins. Lost it. Still had a great time because I just missed the rush of having money on something. So It's pretty great. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty bad, but it's pretty great. The good news is, is like in basketball, the Celtics are still in, so like I already have a reason to be emotionally invested, whereas like otherwise, like I have to bet to be emotionally invested. So, Yeah, that's typically so, how it works. Yeah. So, all right, well, folks, that's our show. That's all we have for you today at WinPod Repeat. Um, I'm about to go see Top Gun Maverick. Pretty excited about that. Everyone should. It's phenomenal. It's, I mean, we'll talk about it more next week after you've seen it. But it's, yeah. it might be one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's a big claim. That's oh, boy. Claim. Well, my showtime's in 20 minutes. So. All right, well, you better go. So, all right, folks, Top Gun Maverick, go Red Sox. We'll see you all next week.